You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. I want to thank anyone who has recently left a review on the podcast, especially in iTunes. When you do that, it spreads the word and gets this podcast out further to more people. Dan11, Dan11 said, awesome, sincere advice, five stars. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Here's a funny one from HeatFan93, five stars, subject, whoa. The last episode with Sex Therapist was great. She seems really nice. I mean, I mean this in the nicest way possible. Everything that woman said sounded sexy. My goodness. She could read a blank, a bank loan contract and it'd be R-rated. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, so yeah, if you want to leave a review on the podcast, if you like it, it's a big thank you to me and I will read it here on the episode. So that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that that is possible. This is not, there's no social media surrounding podcasts. I do complain about that quite a bit. You can't see how many downloads there are. If you are just a listener, you can't comment. You know, it's it's harder for you as the listener to know like what's what's a good episode to listen to? What has a lot of likes? What has a lot of comments? And be able to share your thoughts and have a conversation around it. Oh, well, uh, someone go out there and invent that, please. Okay, so today's episode, we have a guest. Her name is Morgan Voss. And I'm really excited that you decided to listen to this episode. I know that there's going to be a fair amount of guys who are going to be like, no, I don't need to learn that. Or that's not interesting to me. I want to learn more about flirting and talking to girls and all that stuff, which there's plenty of episodes on this podcast about that, but I've never had anyone come on here and talk about wine and talk about, you know, everything surrounding wine. And wine is very important. Lots of people, including women, drink wine. Maybe you drink wine. It's good to have a little bit of knowledge because it can really help you in terms of situations with women on dates, having a woman over. Uh, how about going to a dinner party and bringing some wine? By the way, we talk about that here on this episode. So Morgan's going to give you the 101 on wine, tasting wine, understanding certain grapes, certain areas where they're grown. And it's really interesting. I'm a big wine fan myself. I do like to drink uh, wine and try new wines and and pair them with certain meals. So it was definitely interesting to me. And even if you're like, I don't even drink wine, or maybe you're under 21, at least this is going to be good for you to know for the time when you are legally able to buy it. And it's going to just be really helpful when you're pairing wines and buying wines and also knowing what to have when a woman comes over. So all good stuff here on today's episode with Morgan. Now, if you want to learn more about, like I said earlier, flirting and meeting women and you're liking the wine stuff and, and learning about that, but you're kind of ready for something that's going to give you more of that substance in terms of learning what to say to women when you meet them and how to have awesome first dates. My Hooked program goes through all of that, which you can check out at getherhooked.com, and there's a link in the episode notes, which you can go there, and then you can learn about my course. I've had this course for the past three years now, and it's incredible. Guys, Get amazing results just from taking this course. The course is online. It's in a members area. You get access to the material through the members area, which you can just watch the videos and stream them. So you can watch them as long as you have an internet connection, and they will give you the entire guide of meeting women A to Z. 
So from the moment you meet a woman all the way to the point where she's on a first date to the point where she's in your bedroom to the point where you're in a relationship, I go over everything and how you can be a guy who's meeting more women in your life. So it's kind of like the podcast on steroids and really pushing you and telling you steps A to Z, how to get results in this area. So go to getherhooked.com to check that out. And if you go to the order page, you're also going to see all these testimonials of guys who've gotten results with the program. So it does help. It is real. It's awesome. I would not be talking to you about it if I didn't believe it would help you. So check it out at getterhooked.com. All right. Should we get into this? Let's do it. Here is my interview with Morgan talking all things wine. Check it out. Hey, Morgan. How's it going? Good, Trev. Thanks so much for inviting me onto your podcast. Yes. Well, I guess I should start off by saying the story telling the story of, of how we met and how this whole thing came together. So basically, I, so I'm right now recording my podcast in my office on a new desk. I used to record it on an old desk, one that was bar height, so it was very high up. And the reason why I had that was because I needed it to be the same height as the logo I had on my wall when I was filming YouTube videos. But I got rid of the logo, hence, and therefore did not need a tall a bar height desk. It wasn't really even a desk. It's just like a table. And then I decided to sell it. And that's where you come in, Morgan, because I put it on Facebook Marketplace and you were the one who purchased that table. How's it going for you, by the way? It's awesome, actually. I um, made this little wine tasting room in my apartment and I posted a couple of wine tastings on the desk or what I use as like a wine bar tasting table has been working out perfectly. So thank you. Yeah, no worries. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's working out for you. And and yeah, I, it was cool because you came by and we gave you the the table desk, whatever you want to call it. And then you told me that you're a sommelier and you do some really cool things. You go to people's houses and you do private wine tastings. And I thought, wow, I've always wanted to have someone on the podcast who was an expert in wine. And here we are today recording separately, but you uh, live only a couple miles away. Yeah, exactly. We're neighbors. So thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, of course. So maybe you can tell the guys who you are and how you got into wine, how long you've been doing this for, and and just why you love wine so much and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. So um, I guess in the... In the world of wine, I'm a pretty much a newbie in some ways. So I I used to work in Washington, D.C. as a lobbyist, and I worked for Halliburton in the oil and gas industry. Um, so that was a little different. I moved to Chicago about four years ago to pursue another career and didn't know many people. And so I took a wine class at a culinary hospitality school here in Chicago um, called Kendall College. And I fell in love with it. I ended up quitting my job, um, moving to work a harvest in Virginia for a few months, and then moving back and really just pursuing the sommelier um, career. So now that was about three and a half years ago, four years ago. So now I'm um, a certified sommelier through the Court of Masters Sommeliers. Um, I completed the culinary hospitality uh, wine program at Kendall College. And um, I'm currently doing um, an Italian wine scholar program through the International Wine Scholar Guild. So that's what I'm, those are my certifications right now. And I work a couple different jobs. I work for an Italian wine importer here in Chicago. 
Um, I do some wineless consulting for restaurants and I do private tastings and um, I love it because it's exciting. And most of what I like to do is just make wine approachable for people because it's such an intimidating subject, but it plays such a big role in a lot of people's lives. So um, from, you know, meal times to social gatherings, travel, celebration, and of course, dating, wine always comes up. So it's one of my favorite things to just talk to people, make it a little bit more approachable and a little bit more fun. Yeah. And that's the reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I wanted you to explain to the guys just simple, basic stuff that makes wine approachable. Because just like you said, wine is one of those drinks. If you drink alcohol, that is whether you don't, whether you do or you don't, it, it comes up all the time. It's like one of the most popular drinks. It's one of those easy things to drink when you don't want to, you know, be crazy partying. It's something that is good with food. It just has so many different areas that it just comes up a lot. And I believe it is something that really all guys should know about. And especially if you have, if you're listening to this and you have any sort of interest in wine, you like wine, like myself, I do enjoy wine and I'm excited to learn from you today. I think it's going to be just good to know some of these basics and really understand what to do with wine because we're going to talk about, you know, how to pick wine, the differences between wine. We're going to talk about what to do when you're buying wine at a store and what to do when it's getting served to you at a restaurant, how to bring it to a party, which is huge because it is a very popular gift and something that you're going to bring all the time if you're going to be invited to a party somewhere, a dinner party. So we're going to we're going to get all into it. So because there's so much, maybe you can help us, Morgan, like where do we start? I'm guessing maybe we start with maybe going through the different types of wine or understanding, you know, just differences between red and white or you tell me, where do you think we should begin here to just get the basics down? Yeah, so I guess with the basics, um, you know, wine is so is so vast in that sense. So I'm sure a lot of people have heard, you know, you know that there's sparkling wine, there's white wine, red wine, rosé, and then there's fortified wines, which are a lot of times considered dessert wines or aperitif wines. Um, but we won't get into those. We'll just stick with the real general stuff today. Um, but yeah, for instance, you know, you have like here in the U.S., uh, all of the different styles of wine are made. And same with over in Europe and countries all over the world make wine. Um, so it really touches into the history of those countries, touches into um, the, the cuisine, the culture. So you can really get deep into the weeds. But um, for just a general overview, um, the big styles of wine I like to think about, especially if I'm if I'm going to a store and I'm just going to buy a few for, for an evening or a party, I always like to have a white and a red available when I have a party or like even at my house, I have kind of a house white and a house red that I tend to serve. Um, and then sparkling is one of my favorites. So um, I love to savor bottles of, of sparkling with my friends and, and uh, pour a sparkling to start a meal. It's a great way to get things going. Uh, so those are the big styles I like to think of. Um, but you also can find, you can find, um, lighter styles in all of those categories and then richer, bold styles in all of those categories. So really a lot of it is just figuring out what you like. Wine is super subjective. 
you know, someone's going to really, really like those really big, jammy, rich Napa cabs, and someone else is going to like those lean, tart, um, you know, French wines from Cool Climate. So it's a lot about figuring out what you like and what your date likes or your partner likes, and that, I think, is, is really important. So how would one go about figuring that out? Like where, where would one start with that? Yeah. So the first thing I would recommend is if you are going to look even to buy wine, I would go into a wine shop. So I tend to tell people to stay away from grocery stores when buying wine. Uh, I know that sounds a little bit snobby to say, but unless you really know what you're looking for, a lot of times the larger stores will purchase more of those mass-produced um, corporate-owned wines. And you're getting a little bit away from, from the, the stylistic differences when you buy more of the mass-produced wines. So I would say find a local wine shop. Um, it doesn't have to be anything super fancy or expensive. And go in there and you know maybe just ask for a couple suggestions to just get started and take pictures of the ones you like. Or if you go to a restaurant, you order something and you really like it, take a picture of the bottle. Um, and then, you know, you can always do your research at home or you can, you can keep going and just exploring different things. And eventually you might tend to find that you like a certain style or you like something because it feels good in your mouth or it is really, really good with a certain food. Um, and so those types of things are how I like to just really get started with wine. I also like listening to podcasts about wine. There's a couple um, I like. There's one called Wine for Normal People, and they have a couple just like basic podcasts on different grapes that are really entry level that are fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really think you need to get too in the weeds on it. Like ask for help, um, especially when buying wine. Um, and then you'll develop a little bit more of what, uh, like to know what you like. Can you give us a little quick breakdown of maybe you can, you know, I think it's great. And I think I should absolutely go out and just buy different kinds and try and see what you like. But I'm just curious mm -hmm. to hear from you in terms of the flavor profile. So, yeah, maybe so you, you can say like, okay, if you like this type of flavor, you know, then you'd want to buy this white or this red. If you yeah, like this definitely. kind of flavor, you might want to buy that. Okay, so one of the big um, categories we like to separate, like sommeliers and people in the wine industry like to separate wines into are old world versus new world. So when I think new world, for instance, I think the U.S. and you think like modern, like newer wine producing countries. Old world is pretty much Europe. Anywhere in Europe is considered old world. So there are there are major stylistic differences um, between the two styles of wine. So New World are definitely going to be more fruit forward. So when you you taste that you taste that wine, you get a lot of fruit on the palate. So I always like to think when I'm blind tasting, like is the fruit driving the bus here? Is that's what that's what's front and center? Um, if there's a little earthiness, or more more so the earthiness, and you can name you can name 10 things that aren't fruit, such as this kind of takes a, it has leather, it has tobacco, it has more of that um, chocolatey flavor um, and aroma, and sometimes even like forest floor or potting soil. 
those are going to be more of those old world wines, which also tend to be a little lower in alcohol and a little bit higher in acidity. And those are, those are broad generalizations, but if you, I guess, for instance, let's say you are, you like a, a big Napa cab, I would tend to stick with more new world wines. If you do, if you like more of those like tart, like French wines, I would say that's more of an old world style. And um, so that's, that's also pretty general, but to get into some, some grape styles we can talk about, um, I'll start with a few, a few white wine styles. So Sauvignon Blanc, it's a very popular grape. So Sauvignon Blanc is actually the grape. Um, in France, they name their wines by region. So if anyone has ever had a Sancerre, that is actually Sauvignon Blanc from the Sancerre region. It's actually one of my favorite wines. Yes, I love Sancerre. Um, really, so you get uh, with Sancerre, you're going to get all that minerality coming through. With a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, which is a New World country, you're getting a lot of grapefruit juice on the palate. So next time you, so you can like next time try them side by side, maybe a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc and a Sancerre, and that'll help you see the different old world versus new world style difference. Um, so uh, when I, when I've tried it recently, cause I drink a lot of Sauvignon Blanc mm -hmm. and then, then I would have a Sancerre and just tell me if this is correct. I'm testing my palate right now. Maybe I'm yeah. totally off, but we'll find out. I feel like when I drink a Sancerre, there's a little bit of a sweetness to it. Like it's a little bit sweeter. Is that true or am I off? With Sancerre? Or yes. Sauvignon? Okay. Sancerre, Sancerre compared to just a, a, a regular Sauvignon Blanc. So I would not, say not that you're probably picking up on just more of those fruit aromas. And that's actually a really good point to make is a lot of times people think a wine is sweet because they're smelling all this sweet fruit. However, the wine is actually what we say the opposite of sweet in wine terms is dry. And that's also a, another thing. Um, we should talk about because dry doesn't mean drying your mouth out. It actually, in the wine world, it means dry as in the opposite of sweet. Um, but I would say probably, I would probably say you're just picking up on more of those sweet fruit aromas than you would be actually having a sweeter wine. Okay. Okay. Got it. Just curious. Just curious. Yeah, no, it, that's a great point, um, which also goes into a whole nother world of like the structural differences, but we can talk about that um, too. I guess, so Sauvignon Blanc we have, that's a big grape that we've talked about. Chardonnay is also a grape a lot of people like um, and know of. Um, it's grown all over the world from the US to Australia, to France, to Italy. Uh, but you also, Chardonnay is one of those grapes that takes on a lot of different styles. So, some people I know they don't like they don't like oaked Chardonnay. They they go for the unoaked um, Chablis style Chardonnay, and then a few other people I know love those rich buttery Chardonnays that can come from Napa Valley. And so knowing knowing how the style you like is really helpful, um, and that's where like taking a picture of a bottle that you really enjoy comes into play. Um, so Chardonnay one of those grapes that can have a little bit more roundness on your palate. And then for instance, Riesling. Riesling's one of my favorite grapes. 
Um, a lot of people think it's always sweet, but there are tons of dry Rieslings out there. So if you're looking for a dry Riesling, look for a Riesling from Australia, Austria, or Alsace, which is in France. It's a, Alsace is a region in France that I love the Riesling from Alsace. You're I looking- just learned about that too. I just learned about yeah. dry Rieslings and it's, I'm a big Sauvignon Blanc fan. Yes. And now getting into dry Riesling, cause I'm just like everyone else, like, oh, I hear Riesling. I thought it was one of those sweet wines, which it is, but you can also get a dry one apparently. And it's amazing. And I really it enjoy is. them now. Yes. I love to start off a, a tasting when I, when I date them with a dry Riesling, because it's, it's so much fun for me to see people's reactions. <laughs> They're like, this isn't what I expected. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, Riesling's another one. For red grapes, Pinot Noir. A lot of people like Pinot Noir because it's, it's actually an incredible food pairing wine. It is not – it's a little lighter bodied in style for the most part. Um, it's a really thin-skinned grape, so it doesn't, it doesn't have those big, bold tannins. And it has a bunch of acidity, which pairs awesome with food. I mean, Pinot Noir is one of those one of those red grapes that you can have with fish um, because it's not going to overpower the meal. But it also can hold up to some other heavier dishes with like like a pasta with mushrooms or something. And Pinot Noir also tends to take on a little bit more of those earthy characteristics, which I love. Um, so yeah, I always think Pinot Noir is a great go-to if you are kind of trying to figure, if you don't know what someone likes. Also, the most expensive wine ever sold in the world was Pinot Noir, and Burgundy is where um, that's from, and it's also one of the most prestigious wines um, in the world. So it has an element of class to it as well. Um, Cabernet Sauvignon, another great people like to drink, which when I think of Cabernet Sauvignon, I think of steakhouse. I'm like, this is what I want to drink with my ribeye. Um, it's a nice, big, bold red wine with those grippy tannins. And tannins are going to be what dry your mouth out. So if you've ever heard, you've probably heard the word tannin. It's kind of confusing for a lot of people because we don't talk about it when we talk about food. You know, we talk about sweet, tart, bitter, but tannin is that sensation in your mouth when you have like super strong black tea or um like if you bite down on like an apple seed you can kind of get that it kind of dries your your mouth out a little bit and so that's what tannin is um, interesting okay i did not yeah. know that yeah i've heard of tannins but i didn't know how it all went together with wine yeah so a lot of times people will tell me oh i really like a dry red and in the wine lingo, dry means not sweet. So I think, okay, so you like any non-sweet red, but knowing how a lot of times people process that when they say dry red, I think, okay, they want something that dries their mouth out. So I, I always ask them, like, do you drink a lot of Cabernet Sauvignon? Or how about, do you drink a lot of Italian red wines? Because Italian red wines tend to have a little bit more of that that tannin. Um, and the, the tannin actually comes from it comes from the grape skins. So a lot of times thicker skin grapes have more of that tannin. Um, and also sometimes like it can come from barrel aging. So a little bit of those oaky tannins can make your, your palate feel a little gritty. But 
Cabernet Sauvignon is a great, definitely has more than Pinot Noir. Um, another, another grape a lot of people like to drink is Malbec. Um, Malbec's a really good go-to if you, you know, it, it goes with a lot of foods. It's not going to be super tannic, but it's not, it's a fuller bodied wine compared to the Pinot Noir. And it's very approachable. It's one of those wines that I like to um, pour at parties because a lot of people really enjoy it. It's, it's, um, you know, if it's kind of the, one of the hybrid wines, like it's not super tannic, it's not super acidic. Uh, it's a really easy drinking red. Um, any other, any other red grapes you like to drink? Trip? Um, I think you've named all the ones that I'm aware of. Uh, yeah. the Malbec, Pinot, Cab. That's, that is as far as my knowledge goes. Yeah. There's, um, I mean, yeah. the hard part is, is like, there's thousands of, of grapes or, well, there's like one major grape species, but there, there's tons of other, like, and there's clones of different grapes. So, and sometimes even in Italy, they name the same grape, like six different things, depending on which little local village you are talking about. And so it gets super confusing. Um, so that's actually a good point too, is there's always more to learn with wine. So the, like, it is such an intimidating subject because of that, but also people, not everyone knows. So never feel ashamed if you have to ask or if you have to Google something or even do a little research before something. So cool. Um, All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's, yeah. let's hop into how to buy wine because you can go to a store and you can spend $5 on a bottle. You mm -hmm. can spend $300 plus on a bottle. Exactly. So, you know, where, how would someone be able to pick what kind of wine to buy for the price? You know, so let's say someone finds out what they like mm -hmm. and they want to buy a bottle. And it's, you know, it's interesting. Like, you know, you go and, and you're like, oh, you kind of just go in and you're like, all right, this is what I want to spend on wine. Cause you can almost pick any yeah. number and find it, especially if you're in a, like a Binnie's or a, a store that's, you know, sells mm -hmm. alcohol it's just like endless so you can just pick a price and go for it and then let's be honest you pick something based on what the bottle looks like like what the <laughs> you know what that yes. what the logo is or what it says on there and you don't know and you guess and sometimes you pick one that you didn't like or that you do like so how do you pick based on price and is there a big difference between buying a five dollar bottle and let's say a 30 or 40 dollar bottle yes definitely so i think I think one of, for the price point, I think one of the things I like to tell people is there, there are excellent wines at every price point. So I would probably start baseline. Like if you really want to taste wine and learn a little bit about it and really get the experience, I would say for a, like a, the lowest end price point you want to stick around is like $13 and up. Um, 14 and up because Ooh, that's a good tip. I never, yeah. I never knew that. Okay. And, and it also varies grape to grape, which makes it even more confusing. But for instance, Pinot Noir, like I said, is one of those thinner skin grapes. It's super fickle in the vineyards. It, it's hard to grow. Um, it also is very delicate. And so it takes on a lot of like, if it's, if it's not grown properly, if it's not, if the winemaker doesn't know what they're doing, you taste that wine and you can tell. So that's why my price point for Pinot Noir is $20 and up. Um, but Cabernet Sauvignon, like 
they're, that's a, that's a pretty hardy grape and they're able to grow that and make some great calves for 15 to 20. Um, so I would say, yeah, 13, 14 dollars and up is where I like to stay around. Um, another nice tip I like to say, like I said, stay away from grocery store wine, maybe more, um, specialty, specialty wine shops or like even a little local wine shop that you have, they'll, they'll, you'll get better value in those places because they're bringing in stuff that they've tasted and they know is quality. Um, like in Chicago here, Plum Market in Old Town has an incredible wine selection. Um, there, and then there's tons of other little wine shops around the city. Yeah, um, there's a place that's down the street from me that I love to go to, uh, Perman Wine Perman, Selection. Perman, yes. Oh, they that guy is amazing. He, he's never given me a bottle that I didn't like. I mean, every bottle he ever gives me, I love. And also, yeah, and he sticks in a decent price range. You know, I mean, the minimum is about 15. Mm-hmm. And then he goes up from there. And you just tell them exactly what you like. I, I would even call him. I called him up the other day and I was like, hey, what's going on, Craig? I'm like, tonight I'm cooking a, uh, a shrimp and like a and like a chili, uh, sweet chili sauce. Do you have a that recommendation? One. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, you're going to want this. And then he, he he picked out a bottle for me that went along with that. So it's cool if you do live in a city where there's any places that uh, – or specific to curating wines and curating a collection. It's awesome. And it doesn't have to be expensive either. Like I said, this guy will be like, yeah, what's your price range? And the the cheapest bottle there is 15 bucks. So if you want to get a bunch and keep it at a decent cost and you can do that and they know everything about wine and, and then you'll learn more and more what you like. Exactly. And those are all the big, like you just did everything I would recommend. You asked for help. You told him a little bit about what you're cooking, which is so fun. That's an awesome date idea too. It's like, you know, make a dinner or even like going to a restaurant. If you're going to an Italian restaurant, try an Italian wine. Because we always like to say in the in the sommelier world, what grows together goes together. So if you're if you're having Italian food or you have that like rich meat sauce from an Italian restaurant with with pasta. Try a, like a big Tuscan red that's going to, or like a Chianti that's going to go awesome with that. So I always like to say what grows together goes together. And then you also gave him your price range, which I think is super important, um, especially when you're, you're shopping in a wine store because they, they know what's good in every price range and they'll help you pick that out. Um, it's a little more tricky at a restaurant because let's say you're on a date and you don't want to say like, I only want to spend this because, you know, you have a budget, which makes sense. Like, I'll, I mean, I always do when I go out to eat, there are wines I'll pay for and there are wines I like will probably never have unless someone's buying it for me. But um, I can give you a couple tips to like, like restaurant scene versus wine shop. If yeah, can. let's do that. Yeah. So let's segue into that. That sounds good. Um, so one of the things I like to tell people, like, let's say you have a big date coming up, you know, you guys are going to want to have um, a bottle of wine with your meal. So you go to, before you get to the restaurant, you can even do your research and not even research on wine, but like pull up the wine list at the restaurant. And right now um, with coronavirus going on, you know, every, almost every restaurant has their menu online. 
or they have something online that you can look at and get an idea for what what you're working with. Um, so I always like to browse that even before I before I go into the restaurant, see what they have available, if they have a massive wine list or if it's pretty pretty simple so I know what I'm working with, maybe get a couple ideas of things I'd like to try. Um, and then always, if it's a, if it's a higher end restaurant, ask if there's a sommelier on staff, because a lot of times there is, and it's not an additional cost on your, on your, your bill or anything. It's their job is to make the dining experience an actual, like full, full encompassing experience with wine and food. And so they will help guide you to choosing a bottle that you're you will enjoy, and that's that's their job. Um, so don't be afraid to ask if there's a sommelier, and sometimes even if they don't have a sommelier, they'll have a manager or even a server that knows a lot about wine that can help you uh, with your your wine suggestion. Um, and one of the tricks with price that a lot of sommeliers are taught to, I mean. If they, if they don't do this, then they don't know what, they're not doing it properly. But basically, you have a couple wines you see on the list that are in your price range. So let's say you have a, a $50, $50 to like $75 price range, and you're at the restaurant. You, I would point to those, like maybe two wines in that price range, and tell the sommelier with the menu, uh, we're looking for something like in this area like this, and this is what we like to drink. Or we really like those big, bold reds and we're looking for something maybe like this. And they're, and you can even literally, like, no one can see you except for that sommelier. You point to the price and it gives them a signal like, okay, this is what we want to stick around, um, which I think is super helpful. They're also usually trained to be able to pick up on social cues and know who the host is. Um, that's one of the, you know, you want to know who is hosting this dinner. Um, because you, you want, you know, a lot of times someone will say, oh, let's have the guest of honor choose the wine or so-and-so knows wine very well. And then that's their job to, to like convey who they want to be choosing the wine. Got it. Got it. Okay. And then you mentioned earlier, what about when it gets served to you? Yeah. You know, when they, when they give you that tasting. Yes. So I, it's funny. I was talking to my father recently about that and he, I, I asked him, I was like, so I'm trying to think of some awkward situations to talk about that aren't, that are around wine. And he's like, what do you think about when a server pours you the wine? And he's like, oh gosh, that's the most awkward part of the whole meal. So I would say it is awkward. Even for me, sometimes I'm like, this is, I, it's an old ritual that has carried over, um, for centuries. And in the past, the sommelier was the one that actually tasted the wine before you were served the wine. But now the, you know, it's more consumer driven culture. And so it's changed over to like the, the customer is tasting the wine and it does get super awkward. So first things first, you order your wine, your server comes over, presents you the bottle. I always like to look at that. And that it is awkward, but look at the label, make sure it's the wine you ordered, because that is one of the biggest things people will tell me. They'll say, oh, I ordered this wine and then they opened it and it was a, it was a red wine, but we ordered the white wine. And, and I'm, I'm like, okay, well, 
was it the same label for the bottle you ordered? Because sometimes people will, you know, point to a wine and it's, you know, or their, you know, their finger looks like it's pointing to the other one, but just look at the producer. Um, you don't really need to get into vintages too much unless you're buying a really high-end bottle uh, because vintage variation is, um, if it's a, you know, I would say if you're $50 and under, I wouldn't worry too much about that. But if you're getting up higher than that, maybe definitely take a look at the vintage, make sure it's the same one that's on the, on the wine list. Um, and then, cause, cause you don't want to make the mistake of ordering like the top bottle from the same producer and, you know, get your check and you're like, Oh, but wait, we ordered this one and you've had, you know, three of the high-end ones. So take a look at the label and then they'll pour you the taste. So they, they ask, you know, usually who they want to um, have taste the wine. And I guess before they pour you the taste, they'll set the cork on the table usually. Just leave that there. Don't like pick it up and smell it or anything because that's, it won't really tell you anything. Um, it's more there for like, in the past, it was to show that the cork came from the same winery that the bottle came from. So it you would usually have the name of the winery on it. So you just you can just leave it on the table. They pour you the taste. Um, what you do then is you you smell the wine and then you taste it. And you don't need to you know hold it up in the air and look at the legs on the wine or get too in depth on it. Um, I would just smell it and taste it, and that's. This is the window where if the wine tastes off, that's when you say something. So they're not pouring this for you to see if you like it or not. They're pouring it to, for you to see if the wine is flawed. So unless it smells like rotten cabbage or like moldy wet newspapers or vinegar, um, it's it's fine. So Oh man, that's interesting. Yeah. I never knew that. They're not checking to see if you like it. They just want to make sure that it's not... Like a bad, a bottle exactly. that went bad. Exactly. And, and go with your gut on that. If it does smell off or if it smells like it's almost like super cooked wine or um, like that's your time to say something and you can handle, you know, if it is a bad bottle or if it is off, it's, you can also say, you know, this smells really strange to me. Uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't smell right. Um, and you could say, would you want to taste that? Or if you really, if you taste it and you're like, oh my goodness, this is horrible. That's your time to say, you know, this isn't, this isn't really like, this doesn't taste right. And just be polite about it. And the sommelier should be able to handle that situation. Um, okay. Cause the worst is if, you know, you have three glasses of it, there's one glass left in the bottle. And then you say, oh, we didn't like this. This isn't great. Then that it just, it's just a tough situation to navigate. Right, right. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, what about what about bringing it to a party? You yeah. know, it's interesting, right? It's like mm -hmm. some people will want to get a nice bottle of wine, but when you give it to the people that you're, you know, gifting, they might not know. Um, you know, or, you know, some people might even cheap out and, you know, just get something that looks fancy, but only, they only spend five bucks on it or whatever. There's so many different routes to go. Like, how do you purchase a good bottle of wine for a party or for a dinner party or a friend? 
Yes. So, um, like I said before, you know, go to your wine shop and look there. But what I like to think about before I'm even going to purchase the wine is what, like, who am I buying this for? So what do they, what do they drink? If they're wine drinkers, do they, do they really like to drink a certain style? Like, do you see them drinking Napa cabs a lot, or do they prefer like red burgundy from France? Um, Another thing I like to think of, if you, if you really don't even know what they like to drink, do they like to travel? Um, for instance, do they have, you know, I like to, I like to buy wine for people that I know, or maybe they're taking a trip to Italy this summer or this, this fall, or, um, they had their honeymoon in Champagne and they want they you know, so I like to make it a little more personal. Um, or do they like to cook and what, are they cooking that evening? So if they are making, you know, for instance, steaks on the grill, like I like to bring a big um, Cabernet Sauvignon or even Syrah is a nice, is a nice uh, wine with um, red meat and steak. Uh, so that's one of the things I like to think of. And then, cause, cause even just giving any gift, it's like the more you put some thought into it, the more it means to someone. Um, if you're, if you're going to someone's party and you don't, you don't really know any of those things and they might be a new friend or a friend of someone you're, you're dating. Um, I like to bring two bottles and one of them I like to pay a little bit more for. And the other one I like to, you know, something easy going, like, like a little, like a $10, $15 bottle and the other one a little bit higher priced. And I usually give one to the host and say, um, you know, this is for you, like, enjoy it, like, keep this for yourselves. And then the other one is for the party or and this I brought to share. So that's a good way where you don't feel like if you bring something really nice, and you spend a lot of money, and they just open it right there and they and leave it on the counter and everyone's drinking it. Um, it's nice to even just put that out there when you when you get to the party, like this one's for you. And this one I brought to share. Or, and, and if, if they don't open your wine, don't be offended because that, I guess, sometimes shows that they want to keep it for themselves and enjoy it. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. What about this? What if, what if you're having a girl over to your place and you just have no idea what kind of wine she likes, but you want to have just a little selection of wines that, you know, are pretty standard or I should say popular wines that most people like, like what, what, what should you have at your place? So I would say um, a lot of people I know like to drink Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Grigio for just those lighter, tart, refreshing white wines. Um, Pinot Grigio is one of those like innocuous grapes. That's just very, it's like very like citrusy white wine. So a lot of people that you know don't know much about wine they drink they drink pinot grigio a lot because it's just very approachable um and sauvignon blanc a lot of people i know like sauvignon blanc so i wouldn't get too too creative if you don't know what they what they like just more of the typical um like like pinot grigio sauvignon blanc maybe a chardonnay that's not super oaky um Southern France. Uh, so like a Burgundy, white Burgundy is, can be a little pricey, but there's some that are 
very affordable, and those are going to be a really nice balanced Chardonnay. Um, for red grapes, I like, I would say Pinot Noir is also another grape that a lot of even people that like white wine and don't drink much red like, and, you know, a Cab or a Malbec. Um, sometimes your Italian wines can be a little bit more of those food wines. So if you're not having food with your meal, I would say they can be a little harsh. Um, they're, they're made to go with, with food. So maybe something just a little more approachable, like a Malbec or, uh, a, like a Pinot Noir. Cool. Cool. Awesome. And sparkling awesome. too. I think sparkling is such a fun way to start off a night, especially someone comes over. It's a great way. Like people don't know what they want. A glass of sparkling is like perfect. And what would be the difference between a sparkling wine and something like champagne? What's the difference there? Yeah. So, so champagne is, so champagne is a sparkling wine, but not all sparkling wines are champagne. So champagne has to come from the champagne region in France, but other sparkling wines you've probably heard of are Prosecco, which comes from Northern Italy. Um, cava, which comes from northeastern Spain. Um, there's there's plenty to choose from. And sparkling is also one of those wines that you can go, you know, you can buy at a lower price range and it's still, the bubbles help mask some of the wine flaws sometimes. So you don't have to spend a ton of money to get something good. Cool. Awesome. This is great. You gave a lot of great tips here. I feel like this is a great introduction to wine and understanding it and how to pick it. Do you have any other tips or anything you'd like to share with guys who are trying to learn about this and just get better with understanding it? Um, you know, not really. I think wine is one of those things. It can be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. You can always dive in deeper. And if there's somewhere, a region you want to go and you want to start reading about the wine, that's, that's awesome. If you just really want a general you know, you just want something good to drink tonight, like ask for help um, or even just like Google a couple things. It's it's not hard to do that research. Um, it's, a, it's a really fun subject. And yeah, never be afraid to ask for help. There's always going to be someone that knows more than you, which is also why you don't want to be a wine snob because there's always going to be someone that knows more than you. And that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Sometimes it's the person you least expect it to be. So it's a lot of fun and I, I love it. Um, cool. and I hope that if anyone ever has any wine questions, um, I just started an Instagram for my wine. That's it's at backyard Som, like backyard S O M M no space. So cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes and yeah. then, Hey, I, I have a lot of people who listen to this podcast that are from all over the world. Mm -hmm. Maybe, they can contact you or DM you if they're looking for a personal tasting, if they live anywhere in the Chicagoland region, or if they live even right outside of Chicago somewhere, is that something that you would provide? Definitely. And I do, I do virtual tastings as well. Um, especially oh, cool. With like That's great. Coronavirus. Yeah. So I'll do virtual tastings. I can look up the wine shops in your area, give you a couple suggestions. I love it. So I'm definitely available to do that. Just, DM me. That's great. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Follow her on Instagram. DM her with any questions. Sounds like she is available and ready to help you with any wine questions or if you're interested in just 
getting deeper into the subject. So cool. Yeah, Morgan, thank you so much. Also, um, Trip, I'm I've been working with this new place in the West Loop here in Chicago called Grapes and Grains, GG for short. And we're opening in a week and a half. And I've done a lot of the wine program there. And um, it's going to be an awesome wine whiskey bar. So if anyone also is interested in checking it out, and they have some really cool, like special experiences where you can go and the wine and like cheese boards on your on your table already. So awesome date spot. So you can message me on that too. Nice. Cool. Grapes and grains. That sounds great. Yeah. I'll definitely have to check that out. Sounds good. Awesome. Yeah, guys, check her out. Morgan, thank you so much for doing this and sharing some of your expertise in this area. Definitely very interesting to me. There's a lot of this stuff I did not know and was just kind of mind blown. So thank you for sharing it. And hopefully, you know, we'll have you back on the podcast if we want to take this topic and go a little bit deeper. So thank you. Awesome, Trip. Thanks so much. This was so fun. I really appreciate it. For sure. Take care. Bye-bye.